It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. And thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Can't believe it's Thursday. Producer Steve. Well, and uh, Kay and Boulder would tell you that it's thankful Thursday. It is. And there's a, a lot to be thankful for. Uh, we've had some successes continuing to shine light on what has been happening to our country, and uh, we work really hard at that here. So uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays, uh, our most recent podcasts, and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, we are an independent voice. And we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. My friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, their opportunity, or their lives via via force. And force comes in a lot of different packages, such as a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos, globalist elites agenda, or these uh, 87,000 IRS agents that have been authorized in the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act, also known as the Income Reduction Act. My friends, if something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Um, we have just a, a really big show planned for you today, and uh, so we're going to jump in here on a couple of things. The first thing I wanted to go to is our quote for today, and it is from uh, William Howard Taft. He was born in 1857. He died in 1930. He was the 27th president of the United States and the 10th chief justice of the United States. And... <clears throat> He said, next to the right of liberty, the right of property is the most important individual right guaranteed by the Constitution. And um, property rights are inherent in this whole American idea. So uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of different property rights questions here in the first hour. Uh, One of them will be from a, a citizen, and it's regarding an issue that's happening in Douglas County. And Steve, many people have said to me we should do a point-counterpoint on the show. Uh, and it, it, with, it, with a lot of the guests that we're bringing on, I, I'm in a way doing a counterpoint to all the things that are happening out there in uh, in the country. This particular issue just came to me just the other day. I, I kind of heard about it, and it's regarding a, a property rights issue in Douglas County. And so we were already scheduled out. So we're going to have one side today, another, a different side tomorrow, then 
point one on Monday and point two on Tuesday, because the decision is going to be voted on by the county commissioners this next Tuesday. So you need to tune in all these different days to get these perspectives. And then later in the show, we'll talk with Senator Jerry Sonnenberg. He's a senator from Senate District 1 here in Colorado, which is northeastern Colorado, and talk about uh, property rights, uh, national security, food security, all very important issues. So stay tuned for that. So that is why I chose this particular quote. Next to the right of liberty, the right of property is the most important individual right guaranteed by the Constitution. And property rights are under assault right now in our country. Producer Steve. Well, it definitely flies in the face of that list of, uh, what is it, seven things when you list, as you said, it's never compassionate to, and you go through that list. <laughs> And then this quote kind of flies in the face of what's really going on. Yeah, it, it really it really does. And so we need to be electing people that are representatives of the people. This government here in the United States is unique. It's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And it has been co-opted uh, to a big Washington uniparty. And one of those Washington uniparties... Um, basically is not going to be going back to Washington, and that is Liz Cheney. Uh, this was a big vote up in Wyoming. Uh, they have one congressman, congressman, congresswoman, and uh, that was Liz Cheney. She was defeated in the primary, soundly defeated by Harriet Hageman. And you've got a, a quote, or you've got a uh, soundbite, Steve, right? Yeah, and uh, we'll listen to this, and then I have something you know, to, to say, let's ponder this. So here, here's the uh, soundbite. Wyoming has spoken on behalf of everyone who is concerned that the game is becoming more and more rigged against them. And what Wyoming has shown today is that while it may not be easy, we can dislodge entrenched politicians who believe they've risen above the people they are supposed to represent and serve. Yes, Wyoming has spoken, and we have made it clear that we are taking our country back. By our vote today, Wyoming has put the elites on notice. We are no longer going to tolerate representatives who don't represent us. Wyoming has made clear that we are done being governed by the Washington, D.C. uniparty. Those Democrats and Republicans who don't really care which party is in power just as long as they are. Wyoming has sent the message that if you are going to claim to live in Wyoming, you better damn well live in Wyoming. Wyoming has drawn a line in the sand that if we put you in power, you will be accountable to us, you will answer to us, and you will do what is in our best interest. And if you don't, we will fire you. Now. Wow. <laughs> my point to make is imagine if that mindset really caught on across the House of U.S. Representatives, or the U.S. House of Representatives, and you could say, well, okay, she's you know, she's blowing wind here. But I would say that when you win by 37 points, she's quite serious. And uh, I, I would keep my eye on Harriet Hageman. Well, and that is so who we send to Washington is so important. And also who we elect, even just right at the city council level, county commissioner, our state house. Colorado has some real challenges Steve, as I was listening to Harriet Hageman, uh, 
I, you know, I've been con- con- I've been connecting these dots on what has happened to Colorado. And Colorado, uh, I mean, you really don't have to look that far to see that it is uniparty as well. And as I connect these dots, it, it actually, it truly, truly pains me. Because, um, and it's not just when Harriet Hageman is talking about uh, those entrenched representatives or senators. I would also say it could be maybe a different person, but with the same the same ideology. Does that make any sense to you? You could send a new person there, but if that person is part of that whole elitist group, so it's a different face, it's just the same old thing. Does that make sense to you, Producer Steve? Oh, it makes all, all the sense in the world. And, uh, well, I, I, there's no debate there, yes. Okay, so I need to connect these dots here. In And um, first of all, I, I really do think that we have election integrity challenges here in Colorado. And I mean, and the mail-in ballot thing is a big problem. We are papering the state with mail-in ballots, and there's been no effort to clean up these voter rolls whatsoever. And um, so that is a, a big problem right there. We can't look inside the machines. We can't look there. There we can't do hand counts to make sure that the tabulation of what the machine says and what the ballots actually say. We can't look inside those machines right now. Those are two big problems, Steve. I mean, they're just huge problems. So the dot that I'm connecting here is first of all, Liz Cheney. Uh, she she really had a vendetta against against Trump, and so she kept instead of representing the people of Wyoming, she was so focused on this this vendetta. And then you look at the Coloradans that sent her money, uh, and uh, we did we reported on this the other day. But um, Phil Anschutz gave Cheney's campaign money, Platte River Equity CEO Jay Landis Lanny Martin, former Republican National Committee and political director and FLS Connect partner Rich Beeson. They all gave her money. These are people that are very influential in the Colorado Republican Party and giving her money to to support her. The other thing is Lauren Boebert, it was reported, and this is all from the Colorado Sun, Lauren Boebert and former University of Colorado President Bruce Benson supported Hageman. Now, you have to remember that the uh, elites here in Colorado actually ran a primary against Lauren Boebert. Um, She soundly defeated the challenger and so, but I think it's important to draw that particular connection. So are you following me with this, Producer Steve? Am I making sense? Well, as you were, you started that list uh, uh, with, was it Anschutz? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Those first couple people that you mentioned, were, were, are they, you know, your model middle-class citizens? Would you call no, them middle-class? No, they're extremely wealthy. Okay. Very, very wealthy. And that, okay. that adds to this thing about the elite elitism that's going on and you know nuts to the middle class right so then the next thing i want to get to this headline and this is from colorado peak politics it says that there's been a complaint filed against griswold for this tv ad it's paid for with more than a million dollars of taxpayer dollars 
says the Public Trust Institute has filed a complaint against Secretary of State Jenna Griswold for using more than a million dollars in taxpayer dollars to fund a blatantly political re-election TV commercial now airing in Denver. The ad features Griswold and former Republican Secretary of State Wayne Williams talking about the evils of election disinformation. That would not be unusual, except Griswold has made that the central theme of her re-election campaign and attacks on her Republican opponent, opponent Pam Anderson. Now, bear in mind, Pam Anderson has been supported by all of these elites in Colorado as well, uh, and she is uh, the Republican uh, candidate for Secretary of State, and she sat on the board. Um, she last I checked, she was on leave, but uh, uh, she sat on the board of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which was the organization that got the lion's share of the Zuckerberg money that uh, was used to affect elections um, in some of these key areas. And you can and look, you can go to the movie. Uh, 2000 Mules, the documentary. You can go to uh, Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, to connect some of those dots. But how on earth is it that the Republican, former Republican Secretary of State, very influential uh, politician in El Paso County, is making an ad with Jenna Griswold saying uh, saying that our elections are secure when it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out there's all kinds of problems with these mail-in ballots. And so I'm very concerned about Colorado. I'm very excited about these other states. Uh, but we have to support Lauren Boebert. I mean, this woman has guts uh, to, um, you know, to go back to Washington. And there's more and more women and other and men that, that are being elected in other states that are representing the people. But here in Colorado, I'm very concerned that we're being that we're being controlled uh, by by the elitist of, of the Liz Cheney ilk versus uh, of the Harriet Hageman ilk. And so you I know, just needed you, to talk about that. You have a new profession. You are the official dot connector. <laughs> oh gosh, it it seems to me like it's as as plain as the side of a barn, but I'm not sure that that's the case. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with a citizen, uh, Jenna Bacon, about an issue in Douglas County, and uh, we're going to be talking with people on both sides of, of the aisle on this. It's a property rights issue, and so we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, this show comes to you because of of the sponsors that I have and all the support that you guys give us. And uh, one of those sponsors is Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations, Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, uh, Loveland, and Colorado Springs. And they have all kinds of lunch specials. I particularly like their fish and chips, but they have $9, $10, and $11 lunch specials. They're they're sponsors of the show. And interesting, I mean, it's a really property rights issue, how we got connected. And I have this story on my website. It's a story about free markets, capitalism, and freedom. So you can check that out. We're going to go to break. We'll be talking with Jenna Bacon when we come back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. 
Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our uh, website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, on the line with me is uh, Jenna Bacon. She is a citizen in Douglas County. And uh, this issue uh, was brought forth to me. I'd kind of heard about it uh, over the last year, but hadn't really delved into it. It's it's regarding a, a zoning question. And um, zoning is a kind of a property rights issue. Um, and and uh, it can get it can get interesting. So uh, Jenna Bacon, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thank you. Um, first of all, set this up and, and, um, you know, what, what is happening here? What's the question that, that we have regarding this zoning question, uh, that has, um, is important to you? Okay. So currently in Douglas County, and we're talking about the unincorporated areas, four and a half acres and larger, the county approves what's called a home occupation. You have to apply for home occupation. Not many people know about this, but if if you just utilize your home office space, it's a class one use by right. But if you want to use an accessory structure like a garage, barn, shed, outbuilding, you've got to apply for a class two home occupation. And right now the county approves um, like small manufacturing, gunsmiths, window manufacturers, where all the work is done at the um, home in the garage or, or barn, and employees and customers are allowed to come to the property. Well, this kind of, the way it's written out, it pretty much eliminates all contractors and service-type businesses. Um, we have a small um, grass seeding company. It's a, a one-man show. My husband does all the work. He was parking his um, equipment trailer inside of our garage with uh, a limited number of supplies, and we found out that that is not allowed because we work from home and not at home. So this okay, so- causes a lot of problems. Okay, so I just want to clarify. So there could be under this class two home occupation, somebody could have something where they did the business at that location, and this is four and a half acres or larger. So they could have a business 
right now where where people can come and go, but that business is there on the property. Am I getting that correct? Correct. Okay, so that is allowed, right? That is that is allowed. Yes. Okay, so the sticky wicket with you is that you actually uh, you you go away from the property. Uh, for your business, but you have this equipment that uh, is is on on your property. But the fact that you don't do that that grass seeding or whatever it is right there, but that you take that equipment and go someplace else, that's the sticky wicket. Is that correct? Am I getting that? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, so then, so that's the question there. So, uh, so next thing, um, because I've been talking to people on both sides of the aisle, there's this concern that there could be these huge, um, you know, huge buildings put up, um, you know, that, that there's no limit on, um, how high a building could be. I, there's a limit, though, on, as I was looking at this, I'm trying to get my brain around it, that the uh, the outer building can only be 50% of the floor area of the dwelling. Are you familiar with that at all? Have you looked at that? I, I am familiar, and it's, it's confusing. I've been staring at this for a year, so the the way it reads is that you can actually use 50% of the floor space of your home for the business and an accessory building, and that means garage, barn. And right now, um, the current limit is 1,500 square feet inside of a garage. And what the county is proposing is just to lift that limit. And people are misinterpreting that as, oh, we can put Amazon on our property with a 20,000 square foot building. And that is not true. the, and you have to look at just regular residential zoning to put all the pieces together. But in Douglas County, the maximum square foot for a garage that's detached is 3,000 square feet, and that's not changing. Now, if somebody has an arena or a barn, those limits are determined by the topography of the land, the setbacks, the building envelope. So it's not really unlimited. And I think the zoning folks did a really good job on Monday in a, in a work session explaining that it's not really unlimited. There are limits in place, but for a home occupation, the county is proposing that they don't put a hard number limit on the business use space. So this is not changing the exterior look of a building that's allowed in a residential area at all. There is no such thing as a commercial building on a residential lot. It has to be within residential character and there are height limits and all that. Okay. So then the next thing is, and you and I talked, we had uh, talked about this is that you have a, um, a little tractor or whatever that does snow removal and, 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 uh, and that had been parked outside. Is that correct? Am I getting that? Am I recalling that? Almost. It was parked inside prior to us receiving a violation but we do use that for snow removal we're on five acres we've got a long driveway and we also use it for landscape maintenance but we also have a, a, a grass seeding implement that attaches to the back of it and we had to 
we were forced by the county to move that to off-site storage because we also use it for our business. Now, my neighbors, everybody's got a tractor out here to plow their driveway, but I'm not allowed to keep mine on my property because I also use it for business. Even though it was parked inside my garage, and my neighbors who use theirs for personal use are allowed to park it anywhere on the property they want, and I am not. So you you have... I'm trying to get my brain. So you have a little tractor. It snows at, on your property, and you have you can't have that in your garage. You have to have that off-site. Am I hearing that correctly? Because you yeah, so, so yep. you have to go get it if it so snows winter, to clean yours. Yes. So all winter, I would have to call the zoning compliance officer for Douglas County and say, "Hey, it looks like we're going to get a big storm. Can I please bring my tractor home?" And he would say yes. And then this went on for the first several snowstorms. And then finally I said, you know, could I leave it home for the winter? My husband doesn't even work in the winter. And he said, he finally said, yeah, you can. But that's what we went through all winter to have the right to use our tractor. Okay. But if you didn't use it at all for it to make a living, then you could have it parked outside on your property. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. When I was on city council, Jenna, I, a, an issue came up that I was, and I realized that this is really a property rights issue. And that is, um, there was a, a mom that had a new baby and she had started a little business where she was meeting with other moms with new babies in the park and they were exercising with their babies, you know, trying to get themselves back into shape. And she was, it was a little business. She was charging for it. So somebody complained. And, um, and, uh, uh, basically, um, authorities came and said that she couldn't do that. And, but yet, so I, I started to ask the question, I'm like, but if they all just wanted to get together and a volunteer, uh, or if it was a nonprofit and nonprofit doesn't mean people don't make money. It just means that they don't pay right. taxes. Um, then she could do that. And I realized at that particular point in time, there was this real assault upon people, you know, making a living. And so I, as I hear this, I'm very concerned uh, about this and this, and, and I'm, I'm going to uh, continue to take a look at this zoning resolution. I know that the other side is concerned that this takes all the limits off that, uh, you know, that there can be all these kinds of businesses. It sounds to me like there's guardrails on this. We've got just a couple of minutes, Jenna, and we're going to have, uh, uh, you know, somebody regarding that, that is pro getting this passed on Monday and then the other side, uh, tomorrow. But, um, you know, what's kind of the final thought you'd like people to, to hear about this, Jenna? Um, I would like to just tell all the small business owners and independent contractors out there that if they want to have the right to use their property to park their equipment in, uh, they need to show up at the meeting in Castle Rock, 103rd Street, on Tuesday, August 23rd at 2.30. The commissioners. There's been, I believe, 13 meetings. I hope this is the last one and that they will vote yes. Otherwise, I mean, it's killing small business. If you ask any plumber, electrician, carpenter, landscaper, 
if they if they aren't currently working out of their garage, I sure bet they started their business that way. You can't start a business and go buy a million dollar commercial space. Okay, and just a question: You're not saying that that all these businesses would be parking all kinds of vehicles throughout the property. You're saying that this the, these vehicles would be parked inside this three thousand square foot garage. Correct? Am I getting that right? Yes. So in the current and in the proposed regulation, it states that all business equipment and supplies must be parked inside the structure. That's not changing. Nothing can be outside. Now, my neighbors, my neighbors, um, personal equipment, RVs, cars, whatever they want can be outside. But if it's business related, it must be parked inside and driving by. You shouldn't be able to tell the difference. Okay, interesting. Jenna Bacon, I really appreciate you um, coming on to talk about this issue um, because it's so interesting. It, it, it seems to me like if somebody wants to make a living, I mean, we see this, this kind of this assault on the middle class through, through all kinds of different things. And um, so we, I, I want to understand this. I've, I've read through this generally. I'll continue to work on this, but I really appreciate you coming on and uh, telling us about this. So thank you, Jenna Bacon. Yeah, thank you so much. And if I can just add, this does not trump an HOA. An HOA can always be more restrictive. So folks that are concerned about this can get together with their neighbors, and they can keep contractors out of their neighborhood. They ha- they can do that with an HOA. Okay. But yet the, those people that are grandfathered in, um, I don't think you could have a new new rules on that. I mean, and that's a whole other thing. But I think what you're saying is if there's a neighborhood that is concerned about that, they could put together an HOA and, and put in those those particular regulations. Is that correct? Is that the point you were making? Yes, they can. Okay. Jenna Bacon, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about property rights because property rights are inherent in the American idea. The idea that everyday individuals can own property instead of just the elites. And of course, we see this assault on property rights here in in Colorado. And so uh, we had uh, Senator Jerry Sonnenberg on recently. and, And I said, you know, we need to talk about these property rights of these elites coming in and buying farmland, what that means for national security, food security, China buying farmland. Uh, It's it's an important question. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Senator Jerry Sonnenberg. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Hey there, Colorado. For over a hundred years, informed consent has been a standard in medicine. But is it still? Informed consent, simply put, means the patient should have sufficient information and all relevant facts regarding the pros and risks associated with that treatment, procedure, or experiment. If you're concerned informed consent was not honored in your last medical treatment, including vaccination, you are not alone. 
for support. And questions regarding your situation, visit ColoradoHealthCareProvidersForFreedom.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. Today, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website, um, uh, I just, I'm back and forth here with Senator John, uh, Jerry Sonnenberg. He said his call's not going through. He's going to try to restart his phone. So we hope to have him on here in just a moment. Um, but thank you again for joining us. We're an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, and um, hold on just one here one second. I got to get this phone number. There we go. Um, while we're waiting for Senator Jerry Sonnenberg, uh, I wanted to go through something. This this particular headline, initially you could think something positive about it i i it it actually strikes terror in my in my heart and this is from fox news it says uh, the cdc director orders reorganization saying covid19 response did not reliably meet expectations and i said on wednesday um and i think this is walensky Uh, She said the CDC changes are meant to help the agency release data quicker and make guidance easier to understand. And she announced that they will reset. And that always concerns me whenever I see that word or trans um, um, uh, transform something. She said that they will reset that will focus on making the organization quicker at responding to new health threats amid criticism of its response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Says the CDC's director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, told the agency staff about the changes, which include internal staffing moves and steps to speed up data releases. And says for 75 years, CDC and public health have been preparing for COVID-19. And in our big moment, our performance did not reliably meet expectations. Uh, producer Steve, my concern is, is when, when she says that, does she mean that uh, there were actually people that uh, had hesitancy and said, I, hey, I want to wait a minute. I want to understand this. I want informed consent. So this particular headline is of great concern to me. Uh, your thoughts? 
Well, it's, it's the oh, well, you know, the evidence is mounting, and and I'm sure she's sitting there in her office daily watching the evidence mount on how much this was mishandled and government interference, and and you know that why let a good what did what's his face say? You know, why let yeah. a good uh, Robbie Manuel? Why let a uh, yeah, crisis go to, go to waste? waste. You know, all yeah. those things contributed. So she's I don't know she's trying to save her bacon or what. Uh, I I do not trust trust that. I'm concerned that they are like, hey, we were not tyrannical enough, and uh, so we've got to see what we do next time around. So, but I want to talk with uh, uh, Senator Jerry Sonnenberg. He is senator from uh, northeastern Colorado, Senate District One, regarding property rights. And property rights are inherent in the American idea, and we're seeing an assault on property rights. But my real question is farmland. So, uh, Senator Sonnenberg, welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. It is always a pleasure to be with you. How are you? Beautiful morning. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing well. We're talking about important issues. And uh, Senator Sonnenberg, I, uh, I'm, I grew up in a farm family, uh, fourth generation, and so I have a real love for rural Colorado, rural America, and our American farmers and livestock producers have fed America and have fed the world. And now we're seeing telegraphing from the Biden administration, from the globalist elites, that there's going to be food shortages. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you start to um, make it more expensive to produce food, uh, that could lead to food shortages, higher prices, obviously, at at the uh, um, at the market. In fact, uh, eggs for me, uh, and I get the little service that delivers them. They had been two ninety nine. I saw them moved for a dozen three ninety nine. They're now four forty nine a dozen. That's a pretty big price increase. But there's an assault on property rights. I think in rural. America. And um, I'm concerned about the elites like Bill Gates and China buying up farmland. What's your thoughts about that, Senator Sonnenberg? Well, you're exactly right. And it's uh, for for those of us that are older and can remember, and obviously I wasn't around during the World War, uh, but you talk to those people that were, Europe didn't have enough food to provide for their own people. And when you depend on another country for important things like food and energy, um, all of a sudden you are beholden to them in times of crisis. And that's what we found in Europe. My concern is the United States uh, uh, exports lots of food worldwide. Uh, Our farmers are uh, the most efficient, provide a safe uh, 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 food supply for us in the United States as well as around the world. What we have found out is countries that have large populations like China realize that they can't feed their own people. They don't have enough food to feed their own people. So yes, they're going to other countries such as the United States to buy up farm ground to make sure that they can produce uh, uh, food for their own country, and not only farm ground, but uh, uh, processing plants like packing plants for pork and, and beef. Uh, China right now, according to uh, USDA, owns 191,000 acres of land. Now, if you go to um, 
uh, oh gosh, was was it the Heritage Foundation uh, that said it's actually closer to 352,000 acres. That's a lot of land to be owned by China alone, let alone all the other company, countries, including uh, Europe uh, uh, and Canada and Mexico. So uh, it's challenging for us. Uh, and where do you draw the line between farmers and landowners being able to sell their property to whoever they want uh, and national security issues by selling it to foreign countries. Uh, that's a discussion that continues to uh, plague us, I think, in the United States. And that is the question that I really wanted to talk with you about, because from a property rights standpoint, people, it, 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 so let's say that you have two offers. We, we even see this in the housing market with BlackRock coming in and buying so many uh, homes and then making them rentals, and they're outbidding uh, you know, individual potential individual homeowners. These the, and so you you say, well, from a property rights standpoint, people should be able to sh- to sell to the highest bidder. They should be able to sell, uh, you know, and and be able to uh, you know create their own wealth. The problem is, though, there. I also think that from a public policy standpoint, there has been an assault through uh, taxation and regulations, and they're making it more, more and more difficult for um, small farm and ranch uh, operations to continue on, which kind of pushes them into selling their property. What's your thoughts on that, Senator Sonnenberg? But, and you're exactly right. Uh, as one of those free market kind of guys, I've always uh, believed that um, we ought to be able to sell to whoever we want for the highest dollar or for whatever compensation works best for us. Uh, and it's not only an issue for us in the housing market, as you uh, shared. It's also an issue right here in Colorado with regard to uh, cities buying up farm ground for the water to to help with a uh, a growing population. Thornton was one of the first ones to buy uh, farm ground up in uh, uh, Weld County and Larimer County uh, to meet the growing population and put uh, pump that water back into Thornton so they would have it to use it. We're, we're seeing that in Aurora. We're seeing it in Parker. Parker has come out, clear out here, almost to the Nebraska border in Logan County and bought up farms to... Uh, uh, eventually use the water to uh, to uh, help the growth in, in Parker. And these farmers out here are looking at this going, gosh sakes, I can sell this farm for much more than it's worth to raise crops for the water. And not only does that affect them, that farmer, that farmer can take more money, but as we've seen in the Arkansas River Valley, when you buy up farm ground and you dry it up, communities go away as well. So where do we draw the line? How, how do we make it affordable so uh, we can have young farmers get into the market? Because they sure can't pe- compete with Aurora and Thornton and Parker. How do we keep them in the market to be able to continue to farm and produce food and energy and fiber? Uh, when we allow cities. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying we should ban cities from selling, and I'm 
it's just one of those challenges that we have to try and figure out how to meet. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the housing market. Who can buy these houses and has the capital to be able to do so, which makes it tough for a beginning family to actually get started in a home business. So, Senator Sonnenberg, there's all kinds of things. Now, I do just want to make a a point. um, And now we have uh, Douglas County and um, some former Republican um, um, leaders that are down trying to buy water down. I think it's in the San Luis Valley, uh, which would probably dry that up. So that that whole question is it's a bigger question on natural resources. I've had Greg Walcher on, who was, I think, the former director of natural resources for Colorado. And it, this has been because there's been a lack of real planning, I think, regarding our natural resources. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Senator Jerry Sonnenberg. Before we do that, though, the non- a nonprofit that I am supporting is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. They're raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And, uh, my friends, this great country that we have is because we've had patriots, people that have stood against tyranny. They've been willing to give their lives or have given their lives for that. And we need to honor them. And the USMC Memorial Foundation is a great place to do that. And so you can go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org and donate. You can buy a brick to honor your military service or your loved one's military service. We'll have your name and your branch and your, your uh, time of service. Uh, so be sure and help them out. USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Senator Jerry Sonnenberg. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. There was a virus going round. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. <clears throat> we are an independent boy- voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. So, Senator Sonnenberg, I've been thinking about this. First of all, uh, on, on the short term, this, this all seems very short term to me uh, with um, 
if we go out and uh, buy up all the water of our farmland and our ranch land, then ultimately they won't be producing food for the masses and we will have food shortages. But how do we support uh, our farmers and ranchers uh, so that they, and also how do we, we start to figure out how to do better water management, build some water um, storage areas, which has been shut down basically by environmentalists for years and years and years, um, I know the question, how do we match that up? Because because um, we want people to have the, the property right to make a living and realize their, the value of their property. But from a national security standpoint, a food security standpoint, um, people aren't really looking at that, I think. I think that's maybe my question. People really aren't looking at that. Well, the 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 thing that uh, is happening is the cities are actually looking at a long range plan for their uh, water, but they don't take in consideration because they don't have to spend the money on the food. And when you reduce the amount there are to produce the food uh, for the people in the United States, yes, it's going to get more expensive. Um, the 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 answer you you nailed the answer water storage right now uh i i don't remember the number somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 200,000 acre feet of water leave the south platte and go to nebraska over and above our compact if we could store that water we could have enough for the Thorntons, the Auroras, and still have enough for agriculture so we wouldn't have to sell farm ground uh, to uh, uh, cities to meet their future water needs. Uh, Storage is indeed the key. But water is a finite resource. Uh, You only get so much a year and some more than, uh, than others, and that becomes a challenge then for us to be able to to manage. Now, there's a lot of things that we can do to implement uh, uh, water savings, uh, you know, Xeriscape and those type of things that are being pushed. Uh, does that get us uh, where we need to be? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, if you're looking at a long-range plan, it doesn't. Uh, but when it comes to food supply, and growing our food, we have in agriculture so many attacks from so many different places that are going to increase the cost of food, uh, whether it be a foreign country, our local governments, or whatever it may be. Well, that brings up the next question then, and that is the elites. Uh, Bill Gates uh, apparently is buying up a lot of farmland, and he seems to have no affinity for everyday hardworking people. Uh, that um, and so my concern is is these conservation easements, um, wealthy people buying land, buying farmland, and then getting tax breaks to p- to take it out of production and put it into these conservation easements. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Senator Sonnenberg? You know, it's interesting. Uh, depending on what number you use. Bill and Melinda Gates own as many acres or almost as many acres as China does. Uh, and, and what they are doing is exactly right. They're uh, 
they're looking for a carbon plan on their agriculture or their farms that they have uh, produced uh, uh, in the name of sustainability. Uh, quite honestly, I can tell you that uh, big corporate heads probably don't know as much about agriculture and farming as your family farmers down the road or down the uh, next county over from us here. Um, That is concerning as well because uh, uh, you're exactly right. We have groups, uh, nonprofit groups that are spending money, raising money to help buy these farms with these partners such as the Gates family uh, and and their uh, private companies. it then begs the question, should and should those be regulated? Should that farmer have his property right diminished because you have a Bill and Melinda Gates that want to pay over market value for your property to take it out of production? Uh, it, it, these are tough questions for us, uh, whether you're a, a liberal or a conservative, on your food supply, and where do we draw the line? Well, and then you just said another word that's so interesting, and we talked about these NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and, and they, nonprofits are being used to push this through. So, so from a nonprofit, so somebody's getting a tax break to go out and buy this land to take it out of production. There's something wrong with that pr- picture, Senator Sonnenberg. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And then you look at the communities where they come in and then, and buy this land, uh, whether it be a government entity uh, and take it off the tax rolls or whether it be uh, even parks and wildlife, for crying out loud. They buy farm ground. They buy water uh, and take it off of the tax rolls that actually ultimately then diminish the funding for our kids' education through through our public school system. Whether you believe in the public school system or not, we are obligated to fund those uh, uh, education through our property tax. And when, uh, when government buys land uh, or nonprofits buy land and don't have to pay taxes on it, um, all of a sudden you create an unintended consequence down the road that you're going to have to deal with. And we're starting to deal with those as well. I hadn't even really thought about that. So if the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, foundation would mean that, that it would be a nonprofit, then that would mean that they're probably not paying property taxes. I hadn't even connected that dot yet. Wow. And so that means everyday hardworking people, you know, then you have government come and say, hey, we don't have enough money. We need to increase taxes. And again, it's uh, people don't realize that... Um, the big guys are, are getting the, the tax break, and the little guys then aren't being asked to, to um, make that up. We've got just a couple of minutes left. Did I connect that dot correctly then? I think that's what you said, yes? <clears throat> yeah, uh, indeed. And, of course, property taxes are collected differently in each state. Uh, there's some that don't have property taxes. There are some, like Nebraska, uh, property taxes that are much more than Colorado. So it depends on each state, and so oftentimes that's uh, incentive for uh, other ag producers to be able to uh, uh, what what they pay for that farmland. Uh, and the last thing, or, or one of the things that I want to bring up before we leave, is uh, 
you know, foreign countries are preparing themselves for the future. They also, you look at like JBS Swift is owned by Brazilians. Uh, uh, Smithfield pork production is owned by the Chinese. Uh, when they get short of food, do you think they will take that food that is produced in the United States that they own through those processing plants? Do you think they'll leave it here in the United States when the world gets short of food, or will they take it back to their own country and feed their people? Those are things that we need to continue to think about and talk about. Well, national security, food security uh, is important, and we need to we need to support our farmers and ranchers so that they can continue to feed Americans and feed the world. Senator Sonnenberg, thank you so much for joining us. Kim, it's always a pleasure. You have a wonderful day as, uh, as it heats up again today. Okay, thanks so much. And our quote for the end of the show is from former uh, President William Howard Taft. He said, we must dare to be great, and we must realize that greatness is in the fruit of toil and sacrifice and high courage. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. My name is Kim Munson and I so appreciate you joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind and your your body. Uh, my friends, we were made for this moment, and thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. Yes, happy Thursday or thankful Thursday. Uh, thankful a Thursday, and there's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, as we do this show and we look at all these headlines, I can, I can um, get my soul a little troubled. Uh, but there is so much to be thankful for and thankful that we're shedding light on these issues, that more people are paying attention, that uh, we are seeing uh, citizens that want to represent um, their constituents instead of elites. Some of them are, uh, some of these elites are getting kicked out of office. That happened up in Wyoming with that very important primary. And it was a sound victory for Harriet Hageman. And uh, um, 
Steve, I think maybe um, for people that have not listened to the first hour, uh, if you can get a hold of that soundbite, I think I'd like to replay that here in just a moment. Well, uh, so, you dance are you for ready? a second. Let me pull it up. I'll dance for just a second here. So be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. My friend, if something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Socialism is not about free stuff. uh, Free stuff is the carrot to get you to vote for socialism. Uh, Socialism ultimately comes down to force. Okay. Um, We'll get to that soundbite in just a moment. And uh, my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or their lives via force. And it could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos, globalist elite's agenda, or the new 87,000 IRS agents uh, that's authorized in the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act. So that is why these elections are so important, particularly for the House of Representatives right now. Uh, U.S. House of Representatives, because uh, if Republicans uh, will take back the House, they can not fund these 87,000 new IRS agents. And <clears throat> one of my buddies uh, sent uh, information, maybe it was you, Steve, who sent it, that uh, the IRS is now on college campuses uh, recruiting, which, uh, boy, that didn't take them long, did it, Steve? Well, everyone's seeing the video. And you might have heard it in the uh, top of the hour news there. The one guy mentioning he saw it and he says, these people don't look like they should be handling firearms. Well, and that's the other thing is, is that apparently in a job post, it said, be willing to use deadly force. Why on earth, first of all, would an IRS agent need to be carrying a firearm? Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I mean, in the, the crux of their job. And then secondly, why would they need to be asked why they might use deadly force against their fellow citizens that's it's 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 so scary i can't even believe it we already have an armed nationwide law enforcement it's called the fbi and although that's up in the air too or a a whole you know organization of federal marshals why do we have to be arming irs agents so why would you want to put together this significant police force to harass everyday Americans, and yet, on the other hand, have the southern border open uh, and just let anybody come in. And uh, people that want to come here for the American dream, um, I love that. Let's figure out a way to make that legally happen. But people that want to come here for free stuff or that they want to hurt us, we need to say no. And that is not occurring right now. Uh, so I'm going to get to the quote for the, the day. And then, oh, gosh, I, got, I have us jammed up here. Uh, so uh, we'll just have to push things around just a little bit, Steve. Quote for the day is, Nick, this is from William, William Howard Taft. He was born in 1857. He died in 1930. He was the 27th president of the United States, also a a chief justice of the United States. He said, next to the right of liberty, the right of property is the most important individual right guaranteed by the Constitution. And um, now that you have that teed up, let's just very quickly hear Harriet Hageman, and then we'll talk with Kim Ware here in just a moment as well. So go ahead and hit it, Steve. Wyoming has spoken on behalf of everyone who is concerned that the game is becoming more and more rigged against them. 
And what Wyoming has shown today is that while it may not be easy, we can dislodge entrenched politicians who believe they've risen above the people they are supposed to represent and serve. Yes, Wyoming has spoken and we have made it clear that we are taking our country back. By our vote today, Wyoming has put the elites on notice. We are no longer going to tolerate representatives who don't represent us. Wyoming has made clear that we are done being governed by the Washington, D.C. Uniparty. Those Democrats and Republicans who don't really care which party is in power just as long as they are. Wyoming has sent the message that if you are going to claim to live in Wyoming, you better damn well live in Wyoming. Wyoming has drawn a line in the sand that if we put you in power, you will be accountable to us, you will answer to us, and you will do what is in our best interests. And if you don't, we will fire you. Love that last one. Yes, and uh, <clears throat> I did some, um, I think, important dot connecting regarding the uniparty elites here in Colorado. Uh, we don't have time to do that in this hour. That was in hour one. That will replay today, 1 to 2 p.m., and then we will have the podcast up uh, hopefully by tomorrow morning. So uh, I want to get over here to Kim Ware, uh, and she is the outreach director for Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And uh, they're new sponsors of the show. It's great to have them. We had a, a great essay that we rolled out last weekend. Kim Ware, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. <clears throat> it is good to have you. And uh, more and more people are becoming curious about homeschooling. More and more people are homeschooling. It's great to have Christian Home Educators of Colorado check, chec.org, as a new sponsor of the show. You just had a, a great introductory to homeschooling event last Saturday. How did that go? Oh, we did. It was wonderful. We had the best time talking with parents, teaching them the nuts and bolts of homeschooling in the state of Colorado. And just so wonderful to see all these parents in different stages. There were parents with littles, like three, five, six-year-olds, and then some parents with older kids, like 10 and 13, that they're pulling out of school to homeschool. And uh, to some parents, this may seem daunting to homeschool. Uh, what do you say to, to parents that are, are you know, would, would really like to do it, but they, th they think, can I do it? What, what would you say to them? Sure. Um, well, my personal motto is never figure anything out until you absolutely have to. <laughs> and to some people, that sounds like procrastination, but to me, it's called avoiding anxiety. So to parents that are considering homeschooling and it just seems so daunting, I would just say take a deep breath and first things first. You have to make the decision to homeschool. So if you have littles that haven't been in the government school system yet, then you can just say, okay, we're going to homeschool. And then if you do have children who are in a public or private school setting, first step is to withdraw them from school, then contact CHECK and let us walk through with you how to get yourself legal so you're legally homeschooling. And then we will continue to provide additional support to teach you how to select curriculum because that's like everybody's big question. Well, 
What curriculum do I need to use? And the reality is, is that your very first year of homeschooling, you are just doing this new dynamic in your family. So the only major things that you need to focus on are what we call the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. So you don't have to worry about all the extra subjects. Those will come. But if your kid can write, your kid can read, and your kid can do math, then they can pretty much learn anything they want to. Well, and if they can do those three things, they can actually take care of themselves throughout their lives. And that's what's so concerning to me, Kim, where about these government-run schools is there's all kinds of money that's going towards it, and there are really fine teachers in the schools. However, this kind of this um, focus on uh, CRT and uh, sexualization instead of reading, writing, and arithmetic uh, is is of great concern to me, and I'm not the only one. There are parents and grandparents out there that are concerned as well. And I always like to ask, how can grandparents support a family in homeschooling? Well, I think we always care what our parents think of us, no matter how old we are. So the first step to grandparents getting involved is just being supportive and saying, you want to do this? I think it's awesome. Let's dive in together and tell me how I can support you. Grandparents can be available in so many ways, and it's really family-specific, but anything from helping to teach a subject to running kids to and from different activities to maybe if you have some um, financial flexibility, offering some help to just pay for things like you know, curriculum or books or field trips to the museum or any of those sorts of things. Okay, well, great. So you have uh, uh, on your website, you have, you can go to check.org slash start and people can get some initial information by going there. That's where you'd really recommend to, to start with this whole thing, right? I do recommend to, I recommend going to check.org slash start, but also I'm excited to announce that we are going to have another intro seminar October 15th. So if you want to get some face-to-face time with me and some of the other awesome people who work through check, um, you can mark that on your calendar. It doesn't mean you have to start, wait to start homeschooling October 15th, but just know that right around the corner, we've got some awesome support available to you along with what's on the website. Uh, and again, that is chec.org slash start. Kim Ware, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, thanks, Kim. Bye-bye. Have a, have a great day. And again, that's chec.org slash start. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, Teresa Watson uh, is the chair of the GOP up in Boulder County. And uh, I was at a meeting recently, and she was explaining things that we can do to get ready for this election uh, regarding being an election judge, a poll watcher. And uh, she's she's concerned about, you know, what we can do and can help us understand what we can do uh, regarding our election. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Teresa Watson. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national 
national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome... Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Um, very pleased to have on the line with me Teresa Watson. She is the chair of the Boulder County GOP. And I was at a meeting recently, and she was talking with a a number of women about what we can do uh, this upcoming election regarding being a poll watcher, an election judge. But we need to be getting prepared for that now. And so I thought this was very timely to have Teresa on. Teresa Watson, welcome to the show. Hey, Kim. Good to be with you this morning. It's great to have you. And... um, People are hungry and concerned uh, to become involved on these elections. So say if if you're somebody that's just waking up, you're concerned, what would you say to them about this upcoming election, how they can get involved? I would say that the best way that you can help is that you jump in and become um, involved on a regular basis with your county party because it is at the county level that we uh, get involved, we become participants, active citizens in the system, and that's where we get to see with our own eyes and hear with our own ears what is going on inside and behind closed doors, if we can get in there, about what is going on with our elections. So the best way to do that is... You can be hired as an election judge. That's a hired position. Each county hires so many Republicans and so many Democrats, and the great thing about that is that I live in a blue county. We have a very low percentage of Republican, registered Republicans in Boulder County. Now we can talk about that in a bit also about why we have such a low number in Boulder County, but... In the meantime, uh, we get equal representation with election judges. So when I took on the chairmanship in Boulder County, my goal was to make sure we filled our election judge positions. And then uh, we started working on filling poll watcher positions and having more coverage from another perspective, which is the poll watcher position, and that is completely voluntary. It works around your schedule. It's, it's very flexible. There's, there's nothing more to be said than uh, there's nothing greater, there's nothing more a person can do than to they themselves jump in and start helping to be a part of the election system. So now you mentioned regarding election judges, there's a Republican and, and Democrats, but are unaffiliated represented there as election judges? 
not at this time. Um, now, there are other positions and fill within the elections um, processes and systems. They can be election workers, which is a different position. It's a different level. Um, everyone still has to be has to take the oath and make sure that they are um, going to uphold and follow statutes. Now, isn't that an ironic? Uh, request of our citizens when we know that even our elected officials like to skirt around those statutes at times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've witnessed it here in Boulder County, so I'm not making anything up here. But um, yes, unaffiliates can get involved. Judge positions uh, are in our statute required to be filled by Republicans and Democrats. Now, of course, um, I've had the challenge here in years past um, here in Boulder County to fill all our Republican positions. So then the clerk has the right to fill them with whoever she can find. And that could include unaffiliates. But unaffiliates can have a very strong role also. So we don't want to leave them out. We need all the manpower we can get um, during every election. Okay. Here in Colorado, we have all of these mail-in ballots that are just flying all over the state. And and then we have three, what is it, three weeks where people can, can vote and drop their uh, ballots off in these different ballot boxes. And what is to prevent somebody from, I guess it's legal that somebody can harvest up to 10 ballots so they can go get, you know, nine other people they might know or people they've met and they can uh, put those, those uh, ballots in. But what would prevent them from, for example, from the documentary 2000 mules, what would prevent them from uh, getting 10 each day and putting those in the ballot box? And how, how, how could we watch that? Because it's difficult 24 hours a day, for three weeks? I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Teresa? Um, There is not much stopping someone from doing exactly what you're talking about at this time. It would take an enormous amount of hours of watching drop boxes. Um, Now, even statute in Colorado does require uh, monitoring of all drop boxes. Um, and each county clerk is responsible for that. But we've been doing some extensive uh, uh, work and watching and investigation of our boxes here in Boulder County, and we have presented our clerk with, um, hey, here are problem areas, especially at night, not well lit, Um, and we are asking for some changes to happen. So the statute, again, um, you know, we follow the Colorado statute to monitor these and supervise these boxes. But um, at this time, it's not well written what that exactly means. And so we're challenging that um, here in our county, and we really need that to be challenged across the state. So drop boxes need to be challenged, the video, the distance, the lighting. Um, Can you actually see the position of the camera? Is it positioned so that you can see 
the um, ballots being, you know, dropped into the box. And there's even other ways to do this. There are machines out there. There are drop boxes out there that when you slide the ballot into the drop box, it actually gives you a receipt of your ballot received. So there are people are smart. People, you know, we're innovative. America is innovative. We like to solve problems. So these drop boxes can be improved. They can be, um, you know, at the local level, what we have right now, we can improve it. But in the future, we can even improve it more um, with innovation. Well, and, and to your point, I agree. Americans are innovative and creative. But so are criminals. We've, we've seen that. <laughs> and uh, so, I, I mean, as you mentioned, there's no way to have the volunteer manpower to watch all these, these drop boxes 24 hours a day for three weeks. And what would prevent somebody, you might be watching one drop box and somebody puts in 10, but they might go to another drop box and put in 10. And there's no way a county clerk right. has the time to really look at that. So so the, the way I think really to solve this problem is, first of all, I think contract the amount of time uh, that for voting. So maybe you have drop boxes for one day or something. I mean, there's things, but it needs to contract this. And then also clean up these mail-in voter rolls, correct, uh, Teresa? Ah, great point, Kim, about the voter rolls. So um, I am, so yes, about the drop boxes. I think there's many, many solutions. And remember that men are not angels. So we have to create rules and statutes around uh, the best scenario that we can get from a person, the best moral judgment, the best character we can get from someone. That's what we want to help with. Awesome. So, and then secondly, uh, voter rolls and registration data. So um, I'm working with a team of, of citizens in several counties. Um, we started something, um, kind of tested it. I tested it in my county uh, last election, and that is how we can get citizens involved in helping us clean up the voter rolls. So you know when those ballots come to your house, and that person no longer lives there, we want to change the way people handle those ballots and not tear them up, not destroy them, not hold on to them either. We're going to come up with a very concise plan, and we're already working on that detail. And we kind of test piloted it in Boulder County last year. And this is going to get all citizens involved. All citizens can help clean up voter rolls across our state. Right now, we're stuck with mail-in ballot pro, you know, system. That is what we have. But how can we um, work together and clean up those voter rolls if we can't get the authorities to help do that for us? So we're gonna, we're gonna, we've got a program in place. We've got an idea. We've tried it out. It does work. It doesn't it's not perfect? But we're gonna keep testing it, and we're gonna start putting pressure on the authorities, which is our U.S. Postal Service and our county clerks, to start um, getting these undeliverable ballots out of the system and, and stop wasting the hundreds and thousands of dollars it takes to mail out ballots that don't go anywhere. 
or my concern is they do go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that that too. Yeah. There's that too. Especially on campuses, right? You've got all these ballots that are just floating, apartment complexes. People are in and out. We're very transient. And we don't account for that. And and it's a very sloppy system. It's quite embarrassing, I think, for Colorado to be such a sloppy system when it comes to um, mailing ballots out to anywhere and everywhere and not being able to really account for them. I think that that is that's really embarrassing on my, you know, um, and very um, it's a low bar. And we call ourselves, you know, what that that phrases that I even hate to say, but we think very highly of ourselves here, our, uh, and I say we, meaning those in charge, about our system, and we do some things very well, but there's a lot of loopholes that create problems with elections, and we need to close those loopholes up. Uh, most definitely. So um, I'm going to say it. Instead of the gold standard, it sounds like at the at the very least we're a very sloppy standard. So I'm going to use that word. Teresa Watson, let's um, let's go to break. When we come back, we're we're what 90 days or less out for the election. And uh, how can people be pre- uh, prepared? I want to find out. Do they need to go through any classes or anything like that to be an election judge or poll watcher? So we're we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with. Teresa Watson. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training, up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. 
Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And on the line with me is Teresa Watson. She is the chair of the Boulder County GOP. And I was at a meeting recently where she was talking about what people can do regarding this upcoming election. And Steve uh, said during the break, we're 82 days out. And uh, you could be an election judge. You could be a, a poll watcher. But uh, Teresa Watson, do people need to go through any kind of a certification, any classes? Is there is there something time sensitive that they need to be doing right now? Hey, Kim. So, yes, we're coming up on some deadlines. Uh, County chairs will be submitting uh, their recommended list of election judges from their party, from their local county party members. They have to be registered voters and then uh, and registered Republicans from the from your county from your county chairman. And then we submit those to our county clerk and then they go through. This is for election judges only. This is the hiring process. So uh, that deadline is coming up in a couple of weeks, and um, then the county clerks, and they're probably already working, getting th- getting ready for the elections also in hiring judges. But the sooner you can get that list to your county clerk, the sooner they can start hiring judges. Then the county clerk will run a background check on you, they will um, get a commitment from you that you are going to work as an election judge. You'll go through their training, and then you will take an oath as an election judge. Um, and how long is the training? Um, I believe that in statute you must have something like eight hours of training, something, between four and eight hours of training. in your okay. And it's usually position specific. There might be some general training done by the county clerks, but then there's also a very specific for the job that you will p- be performing. And c- election judge positions are are not, there's, there's a variety. So wh- no matter what your schedule is, we usually can find a position that fits your schedule and your abilities. Some positions require computer work, <clears throat> excuse me, some require you be, you know, outgoing and people-friendly and just depending on what you are best at and what kind of tasks you like doing, they can fit you into a position um, as an election judge and your schedule. So they are pretty particular, you know, making sure they have consistency. So they, have very, they do have schedules that are maybe not as flexible as you would like. So that's election judges. Now, and just a, yeah, and just a question on that, oh, Teresa. Sure. If you uh, sign up for an election judge and go through this training, and then there's a, you know, a, the next election, do you have to go through that training again, or is that training good, good for the, you know, f- for the duration of when you're an election judge throughout different elections? It's just good for one election. 
because things are always, processes improve, processes change, systems. They will always do reviews for everybody um, as an election judge. So they're required to give you training that is in statute. Um, so they, they do training every single election. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yep. Okay. Um, and then we have poll watchers, and those are voluntary, unpaid. Your county chairman is um, likely to um, <clears throat> will sign. So to be a poll watcher, you must be um, you must go through a training that the secretary of state offers online. Um, also, the Colorado GOP is offering training for poll watchers, and um, I am blanking out on that email to get connected with Colo GOP, and I'm going to find that while we're talking, too, but um, I believe it's Election Integrity CO. I'm going to find that. Forget that, Kim. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, so poll watchers are required to be, to take a, a short training. It takes about 10 minutes. And you get a certification that you have been trained through a system at the minimum that you go through the Secretary of State's online training and either your county party or a candidate may um, uh, recommend you to be a poll watcher. So you can't just be a poll watcher randomly on your own. You must either go through the party your county party, or you go through the a candidate who's on the ballot. Okay. And is this time sensitive? As well? I mean, it seems like people need to be getting organized on this whole thing. You can't just say a couple of days uh, beforehand, hey, I want to be a poll watcher. Sounds like people need to be preparing right now. We've been preparing for four years. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Emily Brake and I, we started a um, election integrity team here in Boulder County four years ago, and we have just been spreading it across the state. So we're trying to get every single county involved in helping to make sure that we hire really great election judges and we hire really great poll watchers um, and recruit for poll watchers for each county. So, yes, we are doing that now. So election judges... County chairs have a responsibility to get those names in shortly, coming up here in September. And then uh, we are also training poll watchers. So we actually do our own extra trainings in our on-site in our counties. And we make sure that our poll watchers um, understand the rules that they must follow. We want to make sure that they are uh, following statute, that they represent the party or the candidate well when they're out there in public and watching, and they know what their responsibilities are and what their um, what they what their um, what they can actually do while poll watching. So there's if there's this is all in statute. We follow statute, but we train people, and what we do is we build a team so that people feel very comfortable going in. When I first did poll watching maybe 10 years ago, it was pretty much you walk in and you're kind of there on your own, and when you get done, you don't know what, what you've just seen or what you, and if you have seen something, what do you do with that information? So mm -hmm. we're creating this system where we've got um, 
support for you as a poll watcher, what you see. We document, we share it, and then if we need to get attorneys involved, we get attorneys involved. Okay. Teresa Watson, I want to let people know that you have agreed to stay on through the call-in time if people have questions for you. That'll be the last segment of the show, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Teresa, what about the tabulating machines? Um, so say you're a, a poll watcher and uh, you've been trained and, and you're watching all of this, but what about the tabulating machines? How are we assured that those are transparent and honest uh, as a poll watcher? Sorry, Kim, are we good? I, I think I lost you for just a moment. So do you, okay. need the question, do you need the question again or did you hear that? I got the question and I also have the email for anyone who'd like to get involved in election judges, poll watchers, and through the Colorado GOP and with Emily Brake and myself. So I want to give that first, if okay. you don't mind. It's Absolutely. Election Integrity CO at gmail.com. So Election Integrity CO at gmail.com. You will email that and tell us what you're interested in and getting involved in and what county you're in, your name. That always helps. Uh, phone number always helps too. And then we'll follow up with you and get you involved in your county um, and help you, you know, navigate your next steps. Um, and as far Teresa, as the tabulation machine. Uh, uh, Teresa, I wanted to just comment on that because I've, I've heard from in different counties, people have said, hey, I reached out to the, the uh, county um, uh, GOP and I never heard back. And and that's frustrating. One thing with pe- people, I need to realize that sometimes uh, volunteers do get busy. So try again. But yet this is great that you have electionintegrityco at gmail.com so that you can make sure that people do get connected. And so I did not realize you were doing that. That's just really awesome. You're welcome. And it's just, it's a growing, it's a growing group of people who are just, really want to help each other and support each other and then get the get the training out, get the support out there, answer the questions. Elections are very complicated. The systems, the processes, I've been doing this uh, full on for four years, and um, I still run into I don't know <laughs> answers. And so we're, we are always trying to find answers to understand the systems. And so it is um, something, we're, and the more people we get involved, the more we are sharing this information and getting it out. Uh, and this is, this is just citizens. There's no nefarious, um, you know, deep, dark, you know, secret behind us that we're, you know, what we're going to be doing and we're going to take it down or anything like that. This is, we want our, we want to inform our citizens. We want to be involved. We, we love our country. We love where we live. We love uh, the people that we work with. And we just want to be able to elevate everybody into a place where they understand how elections work and how they are important part of the system we the citizens are such an important part of the system so there's my spiel okay great and then um 
I think let's go to break. And when we come back, I, I do want you to address this election tabulation question regarding these uh, tabulation machines. People uh, can call in 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600 if you have a question for Teresa, or you can make a comment about any anything that's on your radar. want to hear from you. Uh, but before we do that, I uh, want to just give a shout out to the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, .org. They're raising money for that Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And my friends, we, we need to know these stories. We need to honor those that gave their lives, were willing to give their lives for our country. This is a great way to, 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 to do this. You can go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org uh, to donate, or you can buy a brick for one of the walkways uh, with your name or your loved one's name, their uh, branch of service, and when they served, and uh, just honor them. That's a, it's a great gift for birthdays. Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day. It's just a great gift. So go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. I want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. Teresa Watson, Boulder County GOP chairs on the line. We'll be right back. In a healthcare setting, informed consent provides that you, the patient, will have a say in your healthcare plan. This collaboration between you and your healthcare provider applies to most medical procedures, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risks, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Informed consent is not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. One of my favorite songs. Uh, Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. On the line with me is Teresa Watson. She is the chair of the Boulder County GOP. And we've got callers. We've got uh, Eric and Stapleton and uh, Johnny in Estonia. He's traveling around, uh, and we'll get to them in just a moment. Teresa, the tabulating machines, how can we be assured that that those are, are transparent? I am uh, concerned about those also. The, um, you know, those are that technology that we depend on, that we um, 
that we count on, um, you know, the experts um, watching out for us. But I I don't know that I have an answer for you on that, Kim. I don't want to pretend that I do. Um, it's it's a it's been a mystery for me. Also, um, we. We, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Okay. So okay. if someone knows, if someone uh, can help us um, get to a place where we can um, trust the tabulators, I think that that is an important question. Okay. Thank you, Teresa. You are such a wealth of knowledge. Let's, uh, let's get over here to Eric and Stapleton. Eric and Stapleton, what's on your radar? Good morning, Kim. And Teresa Watson, my God in heaven, on this side of this earth. Not once, young lady, that you explained to Kim on your um, interview that the power of the county sheriffs, you can't mention the counties, and I was just blowing a gasket. Why don't you mention the county sheriffs? Because they're already sworn in to their oath already with their duty to protect any um, goings-ons that is, uh, you know, falsified inside the uh, polling place. And I believe, um, Ms. Watson, that uh, Tina Peters would have won if everybody involves the sheriffs, just like uh, um, Carrie Lake. She made sure that um, in Maricopa County, Ms. Watson, that Paul Penzone was there and his deputies, he stopped him for any other duty but to be in them polling places. Why won't you get the sheriffs in there? Because ain't nobody going to mess with no nobody, you know, in that polling place with a badge. Yeah. Okay, Teresa, what's your comments on that? Thank you, Eric and Stapleton. I would love to see our sheriffs more involved. We've gone to our sheriff with our concern. We had a poll watcher who was... Um, was um, blocked from being a poll watcher um, in the uh, 2021 election, and we still have a pending case with our county about about this same issue. And we went to our sheriff first, so we we weren't satisfied with what our sheriff's role, what the sheriff took as their role, and so we're confused. I think they're confused about what their role is or at least that's what they're telling us, but I think that they need to take a strong role and uphold whatever um, their position, their duties are with when it comes to um, elections. So we thought that the sheriff was the place for us to go. We went to them, and um, we, didn't get a set, we didn't get any help from our sheriff's department. Uh- and and that was in in Boulder County, and that's a, right. and we elect our sheriffs, and that's why these elections are so important. It's it's kind of like this big circle, though. If we can't make sure that the tabulating machines, if we we can't, they're not transparent, and we elect our sheriffs. I mean, it's we can see that this is. You you mentioned complicated, and elections shouldn't be this complicated. And when things are really complicated, it opens up the opportunity for. Um, actors to do bad things uh and so so thank you and eric and thank you for that answer teresa johnny in Est- you're you're traveling around you're in estonia now johnny in estonia what's on <laughs> yeah. your radar well I, I safely got out of russia so i'm in estonia and heading back to america in about a week but um what i wanted to, to know okay me as a candidate um 
I guess, listen to Eric, I, I guess I should start asking some of the sheriffs to be at the, the polling booths because the last time a Republican won in District 5 was, was in uh, 2012. And uh, I'm sending out, you know, a lot of you know, texts and emails to about 150,000 people. Um, and I'm mentioning, you know, become a poll washer, become a, a, a judge in those texts and, and email as a candidate. But I, I rarely, rarely see that kind of messaging coming to me through my emails and, and, and text messages from candidates right here in Denver. Maybe I think they get, you know, you know, that's already taken care of, but I'm just trying to cover all ends as as much as I can. Uh, okay, so Teresa, that's Johnny in Denver, and he's running for, I think it's House District 5. Uh, your comments on his question. I'm not sure I, I, I heard a question from Johnny, but I think what I'm understanding is, um, uh, again, you know, I, I'm concerned with many, many parts of our elections, and that's why we need more citizen involvement. We, you know, if we've got to get off of this 30,000-foot um, view of what's going on in our elections, and we need to come down into and be a part of and dig into the processes, and, and you know, we can't be bullies about it. That's not going to get us anywhere. Um, but we need to start questioning why why do we do it this way? Why why are our systems this way? Can we do it this way? Understand what the statutes require of us, and then if we see things being done outside of the statute or in addition to the statute, let's ask the questions why and let's get some um, get some changes made. So um, I understand the frustration of the woman prior to this, Kim, and as a candidate, you know, you want to make sure that your, you know, tabulators are tabulating correctly, Um, uh, but we have to get into the nitty-gritty and figure out where these breakdowns are happening and start start resolving them from the, the bottom level. Absolutely. We've got just a minute and a half left, and we have Anne in Denver. So, Anne, quick question. Teresa, quick answer. Anne? The uh, time commitment to be an election judge. How many hours a day do you work? How many weeks do you work? That kind of thing. Um, and I urge people to go to Tina Peters for Colorado.com and go to the media tab and, and go to the podcast. Uh, there to see how the 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 results are totally impossible. But anyway, I'd like to know about the election judge. Uh, okay, okay. Yes. Th- thank county, you, Anna Denver. Each county is going to determine how many judges they need. They will let the county chairman know how many judges they need in what positions, and each position will have a a schedule of what their hours are. Um, I can tell you that if you're working in a vote center as an election judge, you're working all. As soon as those um, vote centers open, you're working every day from 8 to 5 um, through the election or up to the day of the election. And then that and you're being on paid. election day, that's 7 a.m., 7 p.m. So that's a very long shift, a very long commitment. But if people are paid for that, correct, Teresa? Absolutely, yes. And it's about okay. 18 bucks an hour right now. Okay. Teresa, we're out of time, but thank you. And again, uh, more information, go to electionintegrityco at gmail.com. Teresa Watson, thank you so much. Thank you for your good work. Thank you, Kim. And one last comment. 
everyone should autumn should be voting. I mean, that's citizen involvement. Vote. Absolutely. And help so us keep eyes on the system, become a judge, become a poll watcher and help us fix our voter registration. Thanks. Thanks, Teresa Watson. And our quote for the end of the show is from William Howard Taft, former president and chief justice. Next to the right of liberty, the right of property is the most important individual right guaranteed by the Constitution. Uh, oh, actually, that was the first one. I, second one is we must dare to be great and we must realize that greatness is the fruit of toil and sacrifice and high courage. So today, my friends, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well of honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.